I'm Colleen, and this podcast is an inside look at recovery, which I define as a lifelong journey to get out of your own way and become your own best friend. Join me for mindset upgrades that move you from worry and regret to resilience and confidence. I'll share easy strategies for how to feel better without having to make major changes. Because it's not what you do, it's who you are. Self-care is the path to recovery because our needs are not negotiable. Hello, I hope you are having a good week. It is mid-March here and it is still winter. So I am currently bundled up and watching it snow even though it's kind of supposed to be spring. I think technically this week we're moving into spring. So I am practicing these skills of emotional sobriety to accept how it is instead of making myself miserable arguing how it should be. And actually, I've done pretty well with that. I've gotten outside every day, just bundling up, wearing my ski wear. And I tell you what, getting outside every day has been a game changer for my mental health. There's that meme that goes around and there's a bunch of different videos where somebody's walking or kind of stomping and they're outside and they're like, this is me taking a stupid walk for my stupid mental health because it works. And it's so true. Getting out every single morning uh, with my German Shepherd has been a game changer. I just finished my second winter, assuming it's going to end at some point, without any symptoms of seasonal affective disorder. Um, Granted, I'm three years sober, so that might also have a huge part in it. But getting outside every single day, I feel like, really helped me make the turn. But getting to today's topic, I want to talk about how the longer you are in recovery, the more you talk about sobriety, the more you're stunting your growth. And I know that's a big statement, but I really feel like in the early days when you first quit drinking, it can be really helpful to educate yourself about the withdrawal effects of alcohol and work on some of the beliefs that alcohol is a reward and that you need to relax and that alcohol is going to help you do that. Once you know that alcohol does the exact opposite, then it's time to move on. The crux of my teaching in my programs is emotional sobriety. And I define emotional sobriety as when you learn how to accept life as it is instead of how it should be. And I really believe that all of these people that are focused on being sober for the rest of their lives and never having a drink again, they've identified alcohol as the problem But in truth, alcohol is not the problem. Alcohol is just a substance that you can buy at the store. It's no much more of a problem than paint thinner or gasoline or sugar or caffeine. You know, it doesn't have any meaning or any power in and of itself. And telling people who find themselves in the over-drinking trap, in the alcohol trap, telling people that they are powerless against a substance and that they need to spend the rest of their lives working to stay sober away from that substance is really counterproductive. You know, you don't need willpower to not step in dog shit. 
You don't need willpower to not drive your car off the road. You don't need willpower to not chop off your finger when you're cutting the vegetables. And so to imply that it's hard to not drink alcohol when once you realize that, you know, alcohol isn't serving you, that is insulting. And I stipulate that the moment you realize that alcohol is a problem for you, whether you're over drinking and suffering from hangovers and low energy or brain fog, or just feeling pressured in professional or social situations, the moment you realize that you are drinking more than you personally want or need to drink, and you don't do something about it, you don't honor your intuition and respond to your needs in real time, then alcohol is not the problem. The problem isn't how much or how often you drink. The problem is that you're ignoring your feelings about alcohol. You know, your body is sending you a clear signal, less, please, like less. I wish I drank less. I don't feel good because I'm drinking. Oh, you know, I even remember kind of having a heavy heart. One time I did about a week of sobriety. I don't know if I had hit seven days or 10 days and I was feeling really good. And that Friday, my husband and I were supposed to take off for Napa. And I was disappointed that that's, that trip was coming up because I would have loved to continue my sobriety streak. Well, guess what? The trip to Napa wasn't the problem. The problem was that it never occurred to me that what I wanted and needed was important. I didn't know how to prioritize my own needs. And what I would diagnose people who think that they have an over-drinking problem or would even go so far to say as they have alcoholism or, you know, they're a gray area drinker or they're on the alcohol use disorder spectrum or whatever, I would go so far to say is it's not about the alcohol. What's really happened is that you're just completely disconnected from yourself, from your own needs. You've become so focused on the optics of a situation, especially around alcohol, as you don't want anybody to know what you're really thinking and feeling. And you think there has to be something wrong, according to someone else's opinion, for you to make a change. You're disconnected because you feel like you have something to hide, which means your primary motivator is shame. You know, for a long time, like most people, I only considered sobriety to be a real option, like quitting for real and for good, for a few hours after nights of heavy drinking when I felt like absolute shit. But as the day went on, I started feeling better. And the better I felt, the more sobriety seemed complicated and overly dramatic. Like, come on, I'm not that bad. It's so weird that the only time it even occurred to me to do something to help myself was when I felt like something was wrong. And truth be told, the day I did actually quit drinking, the reason I quit was because I was in such a huge shame spiral. Thank God. I mean, whatever gets you through the door, right? But I was quitting because I thought something was wrong with me. I thought I could not handle alcohol. And that belief that I can't handle alcohol really undermines a person's self-confidence. 
I do see a lot of people who have taken the AA philosophy and the 12-step path and will proudly say that they can't handle alcohol and or they can't trust themselves with alcohol. And I believe them. And I also think that that's a path that works. It for sure can work. I think the danger is that if you believe yourself is as a person who cannot be trusted with alcohol, then you also have this greater belief about yourself that you're an all or nothing person. I used to say that all the time, you know, go big or stay home. I'm all in. I have an addictive personality. And having that belief really prevents you from becoming a person who absolutely can trust yourself, absolutely is in tune with your intuition, absolutely knows how to prioritize your self-care and your sleep and your needs and knows how to set boundaries. So I think there's there's a, a glass ceiling with the the recovery style where you are quitting because you're powerless against alcohol. And so you're focusing on how to control your behavior around alcohol. And you may be able to use those philosophies to stay sober. But I don't really find that staying sober is a goal that I really want to pursue. I don't identify as a person who likes to do drugs because I don't. But I like having the freedom to decide in any given situation what I'm going to do. And as I've shared uh, on the episode, I don't know, five or six episodes back where it's called I Had a Drink, I shared that when my husband got a hold of a $450 bottle of wine and there was a kind of a ceremonial drinking of it after his mother's passing, I was like, you know what? I'm not that sober. I, I want a glass. I want to participate in this. And there's no right or wrong or good or bad. It wasn't good that I did that. It wasn't bad that I did that. But I want to be free. I want to trust myself. I want to be my own best friend. And I think these sober communities that promote, you know, alcohol as the enemy, as opposed to properly identifying the enemy as your mindset and your beliefs about yourself, I think that that's limiting. And it's an option, it can work. But what I work with people to do, one of the first things we have to do is work on the stupid all or nothing thinking. Because as they say, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And as most of us have heard or experienced directly, the biggest pitfall in early sobriety is going and getting addicted to something else like sugar. And it's not sugar it's, it's an inability to cope and manage your own feelings. After raising four children and three stepchildren and living my whole entire life, here I am, or here I was in my mid-40s, and I was not capable of managing my own emotions. I constantly was using substances. You know, I needed coffee to wake me up. I used pills throughout the day, whether it be Xanax or some other supplement to manage my moods or manage my energy level. And then at night, I needed alcohol to relax and usually something else to go to sleep. Like it was crazy that I was constantly looking outside of myself for a way to, to soothe myself. And it, it dawned on me realizing how all this talk about adult beverages, you know, it feels very adult to not need an adult beverage. 
I'm not sure there are a lot of adults in the world. I kind of separate age categories as in people who can't buy alcohol and people who can. I think being an adult at this point means simply that you're old enough to buy substances that help you manage your behavior. But truthfully, being a real adult is being able to manage your emotions, knowing how to calm yourself and soothe yourself without substances, without needing the world to make you feel safe, without needing people to say the right things. Like knowing how to take care of yourself is the ultimate adult move. I saw something on Instagram and it was talking about self-care, which in the early days of sobriety, I was like, what the heck is this self-care thing? You know, I already washed my hair and I cleaned my car and I clean my kitchen, like what else is there? And what I now understand self-care to be is taking care of your body. And in this Instagram post was talking about treating your body almost like a two-year-old, like basic needs. Have you eaten? Did you get enough sleep? Are you getting too much screen time? Are you nourishing your brain with you know, intellectually dense content? Or are you just listening to murder podcasts and binge watching reality TV? Realizing that you have basic needs and that you're going to do better when you take care of yourself is the ultimate adult move. Most of us are more concerned about the type of gas we put in our car than we are about the food in our bodies. There's just a huge disconnect in what you're doing with your body and the way we feel. We're so programmed to think that there's a pill or a procedure or an app that's going to make us feel better. And there's just this massive disconnect that the way you feel is the sum total of what you're doing. Of course, genetics plays a role, but we now know that it's it's like such a small role, like maybe 5%, and which means that over 95% of the way we feel has to do with our environment. That's called epigenetics. And it isn't any one thing that makes us feel bad. You know, alcohol is not the problem in that if you just quit drinking, you're going to be a completely different person. Nor is it diet, nor is it sleep, nor is it exercise, nor is it the type of content you listen to or the type of people that you're around. It's all of it. And so getting away from finding the smoking gun so that you think that if you just tinker and fix one thing, it's going to fix everything else, that is not accurate. So I take a very holistic approach in my programs and in my own recovery in that it is not any one thing that you're doing, it's all of the things. So that's good news and bad news, right? Because we want the one thing to fix us. But the truth is getting more sleep alone could drastically change the way you feel and your cognitive abilities and your memory. And then, of course, changing your diet or quitting drinking, like all of these things work together. It No one thing is going to change everything. And that is why, back to my hypothesis, focusing on alcohol 
beyond the first week or two when you're working through withdrawals, if you had a physical dependence on alcohol, but beyond that, focusing on alcohol will stunt your recovery because it keeps you focused on the wrong thing. The real problem is that over time, your nervous system has become dysregulated due to so much stress, both self-induced as well as life, but you're not doing anything about the self-induced stress because you're operating with an all-or-nothing thinking. You know, if I can't get 10 hours of sleep, then I might as well not even bother. If I can't always eat healthy food, then I might as well just go to the drugstore right now. And so we self-sabotage ourselves because of this all-or-nothing thinking. So understanding perfectionism is far more valuable than understanding alcoholism because alcoholism is pretty simple. It's, you know, there's one villain in that story. Here's the physical symptoms. And if you stop drinking alcohol, you remove the disorder. And then what happens in recovery is is once you've got sobriety under your belt, then it feels really hollow and and demeaning. I'm sorry, it's demeaning to have to identify as someone who is an alcoholic when you don't drink anymore or consistently consider your past when making decisions in the future because you've left no room for the very real the, the very real ability to change. Our brains can change. We drank ourselves into alcohol use disorder and we can heal our way out of it so that our brains are completely different. And I tell you what, it is my experience that of the few drinks I've had, three, I think, in three months, I did not turn into a person who I used to be. I It never occurred to me to drink more. As a matter of fact, as I was drinking it, I was like, oh, this is probably enough. I did not turn back into this person who was going to start sneaking and hiding or I'm going to drink again tomorrow. And I didn't do that because I'm not that person anymore. I don't identify as a person who had an alcohol problem. I identify as a woman who knows her own mind and who knows how to take care of herself and who knows how to deal with my emotions. I practice emotional sobriety so that I deal with life as it is, not as it should be. When I consider whether or not to have a drink, I think, will this affect my sleep? Not what will other people think? If I'm feeling bored at a party and I really don't want to be there, instead of telling myself that I have to stay and therefore being tempted to drink just so I can get through it, I honor the fact that I'm in charge of my body, and if it was a two-year-old who was getting fussy at a party, I would have to leave and take the child home, and I feel the same way about my body. It may be inconvenient at times to go to bed early or leave a social function or say no or you know disappoint people because they want me to do something I'm not going to do. But I'm responsible for my body. And the more I take care of myself, the better I feel, the more powerful I feel, and the more I know I can trust myself because I'm living in real time. I'm not caught up in my head with emotional anxiety and I'm not being jerked around by my emotions because why do we get jerked around by our emotions? Because we don't know how to deal with them. We, our bodies are telling us something and we don't want to hear it. It doesn't fit into our brain's dis- 
plan for the day. And so we argue with ourselves and we ignore ourselves because we perceive our needs as inconvenient, whether it's because we have to deal with them or because it's going to rock the boat with spouses and children and employers and employees or whatever. Like we just, we just put all this crap on ourselves because we think we're, we don't have the right to take up space. So to me, recovery is about giving yourself permission to do whatever you need to do without judging yourself as right or wrong or good or bad or comparing yourself to somebody else that you need more or you need less or you're better or you're worse. Like it's just accepting what's going on and dealing with it in real time as it is, not how you or anybody else thinks it should be. And my experience of the sober community is that is not really addressed. When I first quit drinking, as I've shared, I did the AA thing for a few weeks, realized not my jam. Then I went solo for a while. At some point I hired a coach. Then I found some sober meetings that they weren't AA, but everybody in it was still pretty AA. And so I would be encouraged, not demanded uh, because it wasn't AA, but I would be encouraged to introduce myself as an alcoholic addict. And I attended these meetings, quite frankly, out of fear. I was afraid that if I didn't do what I was told to do, which is go to meetings every day and work a program about sobriety, that I wouldn't stay sober. And I was motivated to not go back to the way I was. And so I followed the only path that was offered to me or that I knew about. But I look back and I feel like it took me longer to get where I am now because I went that sober community path. And I'm not saying that people who don't drink that you want to avoid those people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying a community focused where the ultimate identifier is that they used to have a problem with drinking and now there is no drinking. And for me, spending time in the rooms, I do air quotes around that because that's what it's called, spending time in the rooms. For me, there came a point beyond early sobriety where spending time in those rooms actually limited my intellectual growth. I wasn't moving forward. And that is when I started to feel stuck. And I think that if you surveyed a lot of people, you know, people make it through early sobriety and then they end up just going back to drinking and they never corrected the mindset. They just got sick of the sober bullshit. And so they don't realize that there is another way. They think the world is divided into two groups of people, people who drink and people who don't drink, and they just have to pick a team. And so sometimes they stay on the sober team and sometimes they try to go back and forth, but the, ultimately they're still carrying this belief that they can't be trusted with alcohol or that they should fear themselves around alcohol. And that belief is the problem, not alcohol. So while I remember the time I spent in the rooms, quote, unquote, fondly, I felt safe, I felt loved, I felt supported. I also felt coerced to, to march to the company line. And I remember my gift to myself when I rounded the corner on my first year of sobriety was to stop going. And by then, I had the confidence to do that, but 
it was still a little scary because I was leaving without knowing where I was going. I left because I thought, not this. I don't know what I need, but it's not this. And free falling into my own intuition and telling myself, you got this, that then began to accelerate my recovery. So in some ways, the first year, I really felt like it was a holding pattern. And again, I was safe and I read all the books and I let my body dry out. You know, brain chemistry and early sobriety is in a dopamine deficit. Pause, post-acute withdrawal syndrome is a real thing. And anybody who is a a heavy drinker who does quit is going to experience some of that. And knowing what pause is and knowing how to handle their own brain chemistry will allow them to deal with it as it is instead of as it should be. You know, I remember thinking, I'm six months sober. I should feel better than this, but I didn't. And I was smart enough to know that whatever my problem was, it wasn't an alcohol deficit. So I stuck with sobriety as being the solution. But I remember saying that I still had the brain fog and the uncertainty and a lack of focus. I remember saying, I feel like I'm still hungover. And I now understand that those symptoms while they are correlated with hangovers, for sure. If you drink too much, then you're going to get brain fog and uncertainty and all of the other anxiety crap. But when that didn't go away, I didn't have the, the awareness to realize that I was still suffering from the emotional disconnect, the emotional dysregulation that I had suffered from more and more the more I drank wasn't really going away. I still lost my shit. I still got really upset. I would be really happy and then I'd be crying or I'd be super pissed off and then I'd be numb. And what I didn't realize is so much of that was a result of my mindset and my inability to cope with my emotions. And once I turned my attention from reading all the books about sobriety towards emotional health and wellness and spiritual connection, once I turned my focus away from alcohol and onto myself, that was when true healing began. That was when I was able to make rapid progress in the way I was showing up in the world because I was making progress in the way I was dealing with myself, my opinion of myself. I was no longer a Uh, in a hostage negotiation with my own emotions. When I started feeling bad, I was able to locate the source of the problem is coming from inside and not just overreact to whatever was happening in my life. That is recovery. And that is what I teach. That is how I work with my clients, moving them through early sobriety, you know, sobriety isn't the destination, it's a bridge. You do have to quit drinking for a while to clear your head and to give yourself the bandwidth to focus on something else. Not because alcohol is the worst thing ever and you should never have another drop, but because you got some stuff to focus on. You, you need to apply your energy elsewhere. And pouring alcohol into that system 
only sets you back. It only limits you. So I do believe in a period of absolute sobriety if you can swing it, but I don't have you beat yourself up if you can't or if you have a setback, like whatever. It's not even a setback. It's it's just, you know, now you're dealing with that. And if you have a drink and now you have to deal with the drink, well, then that means you're not making as much progress and as quickly. So it it is not something that's bad it or wrong. It's just you get to choose your own pace at how you do this. And I will tell you the shortest distance between point A and point B is complete sobriety for as long as it takes until you truly believe yourself to be a person who can handle, who can handle alcohol, who can handle anything. Once that belief is firmly in face, then, you know, you do you, doesn't matter. But I work with people to help them move to this place, to not be focused on alcohol as the problem or as sobriety as the solution. Instead, working on the emotional disconnect that has prevented you from taking action based on the information coming out of your body. You're trying to outthink your feelings. So if you are interested in working with me and you want to know more about my 12-week program, which I call the next chapter because we're going to write the next chapter of your life, then click the link in the show notes and schedule a discovery call with me. Before I sign anybody into the program, we do a quick, you know, 30 to 45 minute call to make sure that it's a good fit and that you're ready and that my program will meet your goals and needs. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please take the time to rate and review the show so that other people can find it. I really appreciate it. And check out the show notes for any resources I've mentioned, including links to follow me on Instagram and join my private Facebook group where I connect with my tribe every day. I love it in there and we have so much fun. And finally, if you're ready to redefine sobriety so that you can feel excited about quitting drinking, follow the link to my 10 days to spontaneous sobriety course where I will help you eliminate, eradicate, obliterate, cancel your desire to drink because looking and feeling your best is addictive too. I'll see you soon.